Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to pick up where I left off. Um, When I told you that I really knew something serious was going on when I didn't want to leave my mom for not even a weekend um not even a day just to go and see you know my little cousin at her new home um and so you know something's going on you know but what you know she had been having a range of symptoms you know starting around May 2020 um it began with you know weakness in her hand And then in her arm, I remember um, by the time Father's Day in June came around, we had a seafood fest for uh, my dad and my brother. And I had to sit by her and peel her shrimp. Um, And it just seemed to continue to progress. Her voice went from um sounding really raspy to her sounding like she had a speech impediment um a lot of people liken it to sounding like you're inebriated drunk um she had this weight loss that it you you could tell it was an unhealthy weight loss she started to look really really bony and there were some things that she simply wasn't expressing you know she would say well I had been intermittent fasting and maybe it took my appetite but in reality she was having a hard time getting down any food without choking and so that's two different things and so we went through this phase of okay these things are going on maybe it's related to existing conditions that I'm aware of you know like the thyroid the blood pressure or the blood pressure medicine Um, at this point, we're not thinking that there's this new ailment, you know, to be considered. And so this went on this way from about, uh, May to September, we went to a lot of different appointments. Uh, we saw a lot of different types of doctors. We saw a neurosurgeon. We saw a neurologist. The neurosurgeon thought this is just something that a surgery can fix. Um, the neurologist thought, you know, this may be just a simple case of um, sciatica or some other uh, neurological condition. Um, even when we expressed to him our concern about it possibly being ALS, telling him that we had another family member that has ALS, 
um, that she had um, a second cousin who died from MS um, some years ago. He seemed to completely reject the idea that it could be that. And I still do not understand why. Um, ALS is not a condition that you can take a blood test for um, or any test for and get a simple yes or no. Um, it's one of those diseases where they ask about your history. They look at all the things that are going on, you know, together. And then they say, hey, it sounds like um, this disease. In actuality, ALS in general is just still very confusing to um, many physicians. You know, they really don't know what to do with the disease. And obviously there is no cure. And really there's no real treatment, um, that will stop the disease. Um, so, um, but we, you know, but we still, we follow, you know, the guidance of the physicians. We went and did all the tests. We went and did, um, all the visits, any referral to a different specialist, you know, again, from May to September, we just went to a lot of different appointments, just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and it's important to me to mention this in the podcast because now that my mother has passed this is one of the seasons of this you know traumatic experience that I seem to continue to focus on and I think it's because in hindsight it's like my god were we oblivious you know from where it started you know with the weakness in the arm and hand the uh, irregularities in her voice the weight loss we had no clue, even with ALS being a consideration of what where this disease would actually take us, what this disease would actually do to her. And I think because, you know, when the doctor said he was confident that it wasn't that, I mean, we took that. Who wouldn't? That was... A relief to us. I remember my mom saying, I'm really worried. This is ALS, but I hope to God that it's not. I, I remember it like yesterday, her looking at me and saying that to me. And even then, I wasn't completely aware either. You know, ignorance is bliss. I, I, I didn't know at that time that ALS was fatal. I didn't know that ALS was incurable. I thought ALS was something comparable to lupus. So even though I'm going through these things with her, she never sat down and said, now, Melissa, if this is ALS, this is what's going to happen to me. And the things that I was looking at was simply, you know, these, because I love, you know, natural medicine, the way that I was searching and Googling about the disease was from a place of what natural things, but never did I just actually read that, you know, Wikipedia or that WebMD article from start to finish that basically says, this is a disease that is going to paralyze you limb by limb. You will not be able to speak. You will only be able to blink. Your mind will stay intact. You will know that you're locked in your body and you will eventually die. I, I never read that between the May and September time frame. So again, I'm still oblivious. Um, 
So again, the doctors, they're, you know, spinning us in circles and, and not intentionally, obviously, but that false positive that we were not dealing with ALS was unfortunately so misleading that, um, you know, it kind of took it off of our radar and there was nothing that was going to be done about it. Even if it, even if he had been certain again, it's fatal, there's no cure, but I still like to tell people about that section of, you know, this experience, because, you know, even with the doctors, you really have to have control uh, of the situation. You have to stand firm on what you know about your body and what you research for yourself because her concern was valid. And we were told by, you know, the medical people that we trust and that we lean on for clarification that it wasn't. So we had not gotten the diagnosis at that point, but again, we knew something horrible was going on and we just continued to go through the process of trying to figure out what it was, the process of elimination. And then we started to think, wait a minute, there's a big elephant in the room. And I'll talk about that in the next episode.